Incidentally, this is also the way professional authors work all the time. Agents have deadlines. Editors have deadlines. Publishers have deadlines. Book launches have deadlines. Professional authors have lots of deadlines, and they know how to write and edit their books to meet them. So, should you set a deadline for your writing process? Yes. And should you set a deadline for your editing process? Also, yes. Hello, and welcome to your next draft. I'm Alice Sudlow, and in this podcast, I'll teach you how to finish your first draft, edit your next draft, and craft a publication-ready novel. I am a developmental editor, avid reader, and story nerd. I help writers write and edit books they're truly proud of, and then publish stories readers love. Every week, I'll give you quick, actionable tips you can use right away to finish your next draft. Stick with me and with your editing process, and soon you'll publish an amazing book. Welcome to your next draft. Today, we're talking about how to edit your book faster. For the last couple of episodes, we've been looking at how to write a first draft faster, and I shared more than twenty ways to increase your productivity, surround yourself with effective accountability, and boost your creativity so you can finish your first draft faster. And spoiler alert: all of those ideas will help you edit your next draft faster too. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, I recommend heading there next after you finish this one. Check out episodes four and five of the podcast. I'll link to them in the show notes so you can find them. But the goal of your editing process is different from your first draft. You're not trying to get as many words down on the page as you can, but take the words that exist and make sure they say the right things. And the mental approach to editing is different too. This is not the space of unbridled creativity. This is not where you're putting anything that comes to mind down on the page to see what happens. This is a game of strategy. This is a puzzle. It's a time to analyze what exists and figure out what's working and what's not working. More than that, you need to figure out why it's not working and what specific, precise changes you need to make in order for it to work. That's a totally different way of thinking. This, by the way, is one of the big reasons why I love editing. Because I love approaching stories like this, I love thinking about them in terms of puzzles and analyzing which pieces are missing or don't fit, and how to find the right pieces. And there you go. That's how I'll remind you this week that I love editing. You knew it was coming. Okay, back to editing faster. Since editing a book is a totally different way of thinking and approaching story than writing a book, there are some different strategies you can use to boost your editing speed. And so, while all of the things from the previous two episodes are still going to give you a huge boost in the editing process, I have a few new things for you to add to your editing toolbox. However, when I sat down to write out all my fast editing ideas for you, I came up with ten strategies. But it turns out I have a lot to say about all of these strategies. Did I mention that I really, really, really love editing? And that means that ten ideas were way too much to fit into one episode. So once again, I'm splitting this into two. In total, in this episode, I'll give you the first three ideas to edit faster, and I'll have the remaining seven ideas coming up for you next in the future episode. So be sure to follow the podcast to get those too. All right, let's dive in. Now, a quick heads up here: these three ideas are going to sound familiar if you listened to episode four on productivity. Like I said, all of those tips from the previous episodes are still going to be useful for your editing process, but there are three in particular that I want to emphasize. 
That said, I'm going to put a twist on each of these for the editing process, so they'll be the same concepts but a slightly different application since you're switching mindsets to something new. The first of those three is set a deadline. Maybe it was a bit of a novel idea for you to set a deadline for your initial writing process. That concept of a deadline can come as a bit of a surprise because the way we often think about writing is in terms of inspiration. The muse speaks, inspiration sparks, and you write. But the truth is, writers finish books when they build the habit and discipline of showing up to the page on a consistent basis. If you wait for inspiration before you write, you'll never write at all. And setting a deadline is an extraordinarily powerful tool to help you build that discipline and habit. When you have a deadline, you show up, regardless of the inspiration. Incidentally, this is also the way professional authors work all the time. Agents have deadlines. Editors have deadlines. Publishers have deadlines. Book launches have deadlines. Professional authors have lots of deadlines, and they know how to write and edit their books to meet them. So should you set a deadline for your writing process? Yes. And should you set a deadline for your editing process? Also, yes. Now, the work you're doing during the editing process is different from the first draft writing process. But the idea of resistance, of it being really dang hard to get yourself to do this creative work, is just as real for both writing and editing. So set yourself a deadline. Establish a timeline of expectations for when and how this is going to get done. You won't just edit when you feel like it, because you'll probably never feel like it. You will edit your book for a specific span of time, and you will show up consistently to the page every single day. Now, I am going to give you two ways to set this deadline, and I've worked with writers who have used each strategy successfully. The first strategy is exactly like the way you went about setting your first draft deadline. Pick a date on the calendar, 100 days away, and mark that as the date when you'll finish your next draft. And there you have it, a deadline. Now you'll work backwards from that deadline to do the math and see how much of your book you'll need to edit each week in order to make it to that deadline. Now, here's the big editing twist. When you're writing your first draft, you measure your progress in words. So you set your target word count for your book, and then you divide that by 14, that's the number of weeks in 100 days, to figure out how many words you need to write each week. And of course, you can divide that again by seven or maybe by five if you take weekends off to set yourself a daily word count goal that you aim to meet in each writing session. In your editing process, you can measure your progress by word count. That's a valid option, and I know writers who choose to do so. But personally, I find that during the developmental editing process, it's more useful to me to measure progress by scenes rather than word count. I am still keeping track of the word count, but the main unit of measurement that I'm following is the scenes. So while your weekly writing goal in your first draft might have been to write 5,000 words, your weekly editing goal during the editing process might be to edit four scenes. Measuring by scenes is useful for two reasons. First, because it's just easier to track. When you're writing a book, you can see your word count going up. You started with 10,000 words, you write for a couple hours, and you have 12,000 words. Boom, progress. But when you have an 80,000 word book and you've edited a chunk of it, in order to see how many words you've edited, you'd have to highlight that whole chunk, which might mean scrolling through hundreds of pages of a document, which is just a pain. It's much easier if you can just scroll up to the nearest chapter heading or line break and figure out which scene you're on. 
Then you can see how much progress you've made through your story without having to highlight a hundred pages of text. And the second reason it's more useful to measure your editing progress by scenes rather than word count is because scenes are the building blocks of story. By that I mean great books are made up of great scenes, and great scenes are tiny self-contained stories with a beginning, a middle, and an end themselves. So when I'm guiding writers through a developmental edit, we're thinking in terms of scenes. We're asking questions like, which scenes are necessary in this book? Which scenes can we cut? Does each scene have all the essential elements of story structure? What specific practical changes need to happen in this scene in order to make the story as a whole better? We're not thinking in terms of lines. We're not thinking in terms of words. We're thinking a little bit in terms of acts when we zoom out a bit to evaluate the story as a whole, but mostly for the practical, specific, literal changes the writer is making to the text of their novel, we're thinking in terms of scenes. Scenes are the units of story you'll focus on in the developmental edit. That means it's totally reasonable to sit down to an editing session and say, my goal is to make a specific change in this scene. And it's totally reasonable to track your progress through your developmental edit by saying you've edited one scene or five scenes or 50 scenes. Now, this begs the question, what is a scene? And I could say a lot about how to define a scene, how to figure out where each scene starts and ends, what elements all scenes have to have, and why scenes are different from chapters. And I will definitely share all of that in a future podcast episode, which I'm really excited about because I love talking about scenes. But I have two more fast editing tips to share with you in this episode, so I won't get into all of that here. Instead, I'll say this. If you're not sure what constitutes a scene in your novel, look for natural dividers within your story. Look for places where you've put a chapter break or a line break. Look for places where there's a change in the location and the setting, or a jump forward in time, or a different group of characters on the page. All of those things are indicators that the scene has changed. And they're indicators of where you're naturally breaking up your story into individual units of action and plot. And it's those individual units that you'll edit one at a time as you go through your developmental editing process. So when you're editing, figure out how many scenes you have. For a novel of 80,000 words, you'll probably have about 60 to 70 scenes. And then divide that by the number of weeks until your deadline. So 14 weeks for a deadline 100 days away. If you have 60 scenes and your deadline is 14 weeks away, that means you'll edit four to five scenes every week in order to stay on track. So that's the approach you'll use when you set one final deadline for your editing process. Now, the other approach to editing deadlines is one that I use with one-on-one clients, and it can be really effective for them. But I will say that part of the reason why it's so effective is because they have the accountability of meeting with me on a regular basis to keep them on track to do the work. And not only that, but they're constantly getting professional feedback on that work so they know what to do next in their editing. And even though this process takes a lot longer than 100 days, we know they're making progress every single week. This is not a procrastination tool or an excuse to slow down or take a break from their book. This is actually strategically pacing their progress in their book to their growth as a writer so they can produce their best next draft. So here's how it works. Rather than setting yourself a final deadline for when you'll finish editing your book, instead, set yourself a weekly goal for the progress that you'll make. Maybe you'll edit five scenes a week or three scenes a week, whatever pace works for you. 
This can work really well, especially when you're still learning how to edit a book, because it gives you a little more breathing room to really focus on each scene you're editing and learn to edit well. It gives you time to spend two or three or five days on just one scene, giving it one passive revision and then coming back the next day to review your work and make changes, and then send off for more feedback and get more notes to include in it. It also gives you a little more space to develop your editing process. And it's entirely possible that after one or two rounds like this, you'll be ready on the next book to edit the whole thing in 100 days because now you're editing like a pro. The trick, though, is not to let your editing process drag on forever or get so caught up in perfectionism that you get stalled. So beware of using this approach if you know those are traps that you're likely to fall into. And if you do decide to go this route, I strongly recommend getting accountability to help you stay on track and avoid falling into those traps. Which brings me to the second strategy to boost your editing speed. Yes, we are a long ways into this episode and I've given you like four different kinds of tips so far and we are just now making it to fast editing strategy number two. This is why I had to break this episode up because when you get me talking about editing, I can talk for a long, long time. I cannot fit 10 editing strategies into one episode, and I'm kind of laughing at myself that I almost tried to. Lesson learned. All right, here's strategy number two, and you might have already guessed it based on where we wrapped up that first strategy. Number two, get accountability. In order to be successful as an author, you're going to need the support of a community around you. When you're writing your first draft, you'll definitely want the buy-in and support of the people who live with you. You need them to take the TV remote out of your hands when you're watching Netflix when you said you'd write. And you'll also want the support of friends or fellow writers who can cheer you on and give you encouragement or a kick in the pants when you need it. When you're editing, you'll still need all those people. You might need the family member pulling the remote out of your hands even more. But this is also a great time to hire an editor, and that's why I wanted to talk about this tip again. Because the first draft isn't really the space where you want to get a lot of feedback, You don't want to muddle up your creative process or create any more opportunities for writer's block or reasons to go back and edit what you've already written. You just want to get the draft done. So an editor can give you support, encouragement, and professional insight that will definitely help you get to the end. But you'll get so much more great feedback after the draft is done. And when you're in the editing process, you'll definitely want an editor in your corner. Hiring an editor will give you a few things. First, your editor will give you expert feedback and help you figure out exactly what you need to address in your next draft and how to address it. I cannot emphasize enough how much this will speed up your editing process. You can literally cut years out of your editing process by getting expert feedback after your first draft. Your editing will be so much clearer and more effective, and the whole process will be less overwhelming. So one benefit of hiring an editor is that the actual editing you do will be more effective so you can get your book publication ready so much faster. The other benefit I want to point out brings us back to everything I was just saying about deadlines. Hiring an editor gives you an automatic deadline, and better yet, a deadline that someone else has set for you with built-in consequences. Editors are often very busy. They schedule book projects months in advance. Personally, I started scheduling books for April 2023 in early December 2022 or even before. So when you hire an editor, what they'll do is schedule your book on their editorial calendar. You'll have a specific date when they expect you to send them your book. 
And that deadline has consequences, because if you miss it, you'll miss out on your spot on their calendar, and they'll move on to the next project. They'll have to reschedule your book, and if you're lucky, they might be able to get to it right away, but it might take weeks or even months for them to get back to your book. Think of it like scheduling an appointment with the dentist or the doctor. You schedule those appointments months in advance, and if you have to reschedule, you'll probably have to push your appointment back months or get put on a cancellation waitlist. So when you hire an editor, you'll get expert feedback, and you'll also get that built-in deadline so you stay on track to finish your book. If you're thinking it would be amazing to get the kind of feedback that makes your editing way faster and way easier, then I would love to help. I'm currently taking on new developmental editing clients, and I'd love to come alongside you, read your story, and help you figure out your best next steps in your editing process. If that sounds interesting to you, send me an email at alice at alicesudlow.com and tell me about your book. From there, I'll share more about how I can help and we'll create a plan to work together. And of course, I'll put that email address in the show notes so it's easy to find. I'm really looking forward to hearing about your book. Now, on to the third strategy to edit faster. This is the last repeat from that list of productivity tips for writing fast first drafts. And happily, it's a lot shorter than the last two editing strategies we just talked about, but I still think it's pretty powerful. Here it is. Number three, consider your setting where you edit your book. For a lot of people, the environment in which you work on creative pursuits can have a significant impact on your productivity and creativity. Some people don't mind grabbing their laptop and writing no matter where they are, but others like to go to a specific writing spot every day and cultivate an environment that's conducive to their creativity. Remember, the editing mindset is very different from the writing mindset. So when you step into the editing process, it's worth asking yourself, not only where do you typically write, but also where will you edit best? Will you edit in the same place where you write? Will that spot be conducive to both the creative work of writing and the analytical thinking of editing? Or will you find or make a new space to edit? This could be as elaborate as creating a totally new playlist for editing and leaving for a different coffee shop where you'll switch up your tea or coffee or choice and have a totally new beverage and environment. Or it could be as simple as moving from one chair to another in the same room. And of course, there's no need to change anything at all. If your setup works for you, it works for you. Keep doing what you're doing. Just know that when you change up the kind of work you're doing, that can be a good moment to look around and reevaluate what's going well and what you can change up that would give you an editing boost. For me personally, I typically sit at my desk when I'm on calls with clients, when I'm sending emails, and when I'm preparing my notes and analysis about a book. But when I have a new book on my desk to edit, I like to pull up the manuscript on my iPad and head over to the couch or even a chair on my back patio to read it. That gets me into this mode where I'm just soaking in the story like a reader, primed to enjoy every page. Plus, it creates a bit of mental association between the location where I'm sitting and the kind of work that I'm doing. You might try that for your own writing and editing. Look around and see what will stay the same, and is there anything that you'd like to shake up? All right, that's it for today's three strategies to edit your book faster. Like I mentioned, all these strategies are actually repeats from the strategies I shared in episode four to write a fast first draft, but with an editing twist. I'll have more fast editing strategies coming for you in the next episode. In the meantime, if you'd like more speedy tips, go check out episodes four and five if you haven't already. Those are both of the fast first draft episodes, and of course, they're both linked in the show notes. Now, before we go, I have a free worksheet for you. 
I spent a pretty long time in this episode walking through how you can set a deadline for your editing process. So to make that easier, I've created an editing deadline worksheet. In this worksheet, you'll choose your editing deadline, calculate the number of scenes per week that you'll edit to meet that deadline, and then create a schedule to track your progress to the end of your draft. It's nine simple steps, and by the end, you'll have a clear plan for your whole way through your draft. You can print the schedule you create and post it in your writing space, or you can transfer all the dates and deadlines to your calendar and keep track of them there. You can get that worksheet by going to alicesudlow.com slash deadline. And I also want to give you an assignment to do right now, and you can probably guess what it is. Get that worksheet, fill it out, and use it to set your deadline and create your editing schedule. That's it. That's your first step to speed up your editing process and finish your next draft faster. And if you're actually working on your first draft right now, I want you to do this too. The worksheet includes options for writing your first draft and calculating your word count too. So there you go. Head over to alicesudlow.com deadline. And once you've filled out that worksheet, send me an email and let me know what your deadline is. I want to know when you're going to finish the next draft of your book. That's it for this episode of Your Next Draft. If you enjoyed what you've just heard, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And while you're at it, would you mind leaving a rating and review? That makes a huge difference in helping other writers discover this podcast too. Plus, I love reading your reviews and they help me know what's helpful to you so I can be sure to share more tips you'll love. All right, pick up your pin, get back to editing, and I'll see you next week with a new episode.